gambling. Over 4.2 billion people do it at least once a year and over a quarter of the world's population do it more regularly. Whether it be a few quid on the Grand National or an accumulator for Saturday afternoon's footy action, in the UK we simply love a bet. Just under half of the country engaged in some form of gambling last month and about £14.5 billion was staked between October 2017 and September 2018. On this series of podcasts, I'm going to dip a toe into the microcosm that is sports betting, as I hope to gain an insight onto this complex, treacherous and exhilarating little world. Today's episode we'll be looking at if football clubs are doing enough to safeguard their fans from Bucky's adverts and the dangers of gambling. I'm joined by the host of the Second Tier podcast and Derby County fanatic, Ryan Dilks. Good afternoon, Ryan. Good afternoon, mate. How's it going? Yeah, all good, thank you. Thanks for doing this. Uh, and basically, we needed we needed the opinion of a, a championship expert, a football expert, a diehard football fan uh, in relation to how how um sports betting companies have sort of weaseled their way into into uh, the the culture that surrounds um football in particularly saturday afternoon going to games so uh, it's uh, it's great it'd be great to have your opinion on that so starting off you're uh, you're a derby county fan of course um uh, how long uh, how long have you been uh, supporting them when was your first memory of going to a game etc oh wow now you're asking. Um, well, I've been in the season ticket since season ticket holder since 2005. Um, my first game, I'm gonna guess it's early 2000s, but I, I don't remember much from that era. I've got to say. So my first real season that I do remember is uh, when Derby got promoted to the Premier League in 2006, 2007, before having that Premier League season, which we won't mention. Uh, but in that first season, it was. Uh, it was great and it really made me fall in love with football really before it all came crumbling down very quickly. Yeah, yeah. and you talk about falling in love with football, but it, it's sort of the, it's central to most, particularly from my experience, Northern cultures. It, the football is um, central to the whole community. So could you just um, could you just speak to that about uh, how, how much of an impact it has, particularly at Derby now uh, with the, um, administration, the adverse effects it's having on on your sort of local community. Um, I wouldn't say it is having an adverse effect, really. If anything, it's brought people closer to the football club because uh, before I I can't imagine I'm the only person who kind of felt this way, but I kind of felt I was being, you know, taken away from a football club with how much money was being spent on it, how there wasn't much communication from the board and we're still not getting that communication now but with everything that's happened with administration the atmosphere at pride park when you go to games now is probably the best it's been in at least six years which is a weird thing to say but it's really made the club it really made the supporters rally together and say right all in this together against an ownership which we clearly despise at the moment for everything that it's doing to the club um but as you say Football in Derby as a whole is it's such an important pillar in the community. You've got other places like Hall, for example, where you know it's a rugby slash football town or city rather. In Derby, 
derby is a football city. We don't have really much else. So there's a bit of cricket, but it is pretty much 95% football. And if you talk to any football fan in the city about Derby, they'll have a conversation about it, talk about what's going on at the club, whether you know players are playing well or particularly the ownership situation at the moment. So, yeah, it's, it's a massive part of the community here. And having lived in other parts of the country as well, um, I've been able to compare how much of an um, important part of the community football is in Derby compared to other areas, and it's just so important here. Mm. I have no, I've, I can't compare it really to any other place in the country. Funny you say that because I've spent time down south, and it doesn't seem, particularly in London, it doesn't seem to be as central to to everything down there as it does as it does up north, particularly in Derby and uh, and sort of Sheffield and such. And you talk about uh, the culture being central to the uh, community, and obviously a, a crucial part of that is the is the actual going to the games on a Saturday. Do you, do you have any sort of uh, rituals or what, what does a typical Saturday look like? Yeah, when I was a kid, it was playing football in the morning, then go home, have a bacon cob, and then head on over to the ground. Um, and then go home and watch the X Factor afterwards. Yes. Uh, but now it's a bit different. <laughs> now it's a bit different um, because obviously a bit older. I don't play football on Saturday mornings anymore. But what I usually do is get up, uh, maybe go for a walk in the morning, stretch the old legs, and then um, have still have a bacon cob. And then we always park in the same parking spots when we go to games. Um, we've sat in the same seats now that we've had since 2005 same people that we've had sat next to us for at least 10 plus years um, and it's just it, it, it goes back to what we were saying about the sense of community because as I say we've been sat next to the same people for God knows how long don't know any of their names it's got to be said <laughs> but we, we still talk to them about the games and they're just as passionate about Derby as every other person who's sat around us and um, then after the game we'll um, go to the pub, have a chat there with other people about the football uh, and then go home and have a kebab. And that's pretty much my Saturday as a whole. It's my Saturday ritual whenever we are playing at home. Yeah, uh, and and for most people, you sort of, as you get older, you lose the uh, the football in the morning. You see um, betting creep into that ritual. Is that been something that's been true for yourself? Yeah, I will in every Saturday morning, if I haven't done it earlier in the week, I will have a little look on you know, Bet365, Skybet, Paddy Power, um, put, a, put on an accumulator or a treble or something like that. Um, I am quite well measured in how I, in how I spend it. I, I, I don't go crazy, um, but I uh, still have a little look about. And, um, yeah, it, it's just become part of my Saturday because if Derby are playing away, for example, what I will often do is just watch Soccer Saturday mm. um, instead if I haven't got any other plans on a Saturday afternoon and uh, keep track of my both teams to score accumulator. Or In the news recently, it's been announced that betting logos have been given the red card. Companies are not allowed to print advertisements on the front of football shirts. And that sort of leads me to ask, do you think, as a, as a championship expert who's in tune with most clubs in the second tier, central to the, the British sort of community with football, do you think clubs are doing enough to safeguard fans from betting companies and, and encourage responsible gambling, if, if any gambling at all? I would say no. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily down to the responsibility of football clubs, but I think it is also a responsibility of government. But I'll start on football clubs first of all, because last season, I haven't got the exact figure in front of me, but more than half of championship clubs 
had uh, betting companies as their sponsor. Um, and while I welcome this new rule, and I think it is a step in the right direction, I think it's a very minor step in the right direction because, for example, I've never looked at a football shirt, for example, and thought to myself, well, I fancy sticking a treble on now on you know, 32 red, for example. Um, and I think it's a bit meaningless, really, when, you know, the um, league is sponsored by Skybet. You still have sponsorship hoardings around the grounds. And when you go down to, you know, the um, the bit below the seats and you go for a pint, there's um, a betting stand there for anyone to um, stick on a single or what have you. So I seriously don't think enough is being done but I don't think that's necessarily down to the clubs because I think they're just looking for as much money as they can possibly rake in uh, I would say that football clubs don't need to have uh, gambling sponsors they I imagine would not get as much money but they would still get a decent amount of money from having I don't know a what what other sponsors are there, you know, mm. uh, Wix or something along those lines, I don't know, um, something like that. I think the thing is the government, the, the football clubs aren't going to, you know, take the step back on their own. It's up to the government to do more. And at the same time, they're trying to balance these things together where they don't want to annoy the gambling companies, mm. but at the same time, they need to show that they are doing some sort of action. So I think the taking sponsors off the shirt was their kind of sign of, uh, you know, pleasing both parties, really. But I, I don't think it's enough. I think there needs to be, you know, a serious look into it. My main concern is when you are watching a game on a Sunday afternoon and you're sat there watching the game and then it's half-time and there's adverts and every single advert is about a betting company saying, oh, you can get this boost on Mo Salah to score the next goal or something like that. I think that's the thing that really needs to be looked at mm. for me because I think that's more likely to encourage betting than, you know, a sponsorship on a football shirt. Yeah, well, I've actually got... A, it's interesting to say that because apparently um, a betting logo will appear 790 times in the space that you watch a coverage of a football match. That doesn't surprise me, to be honest. It goes back to where I was... It's all around the grounds and on the hoardings and... You've got adverts flashing up all the time, and it, it, what is the point in taking off the sponsors of, of a shirt when uh, you've got much bigger problems, which I think are actually going to encourage betting more than than that. Yeah, as a Derby fan, the when you got Wayne Rooney, am I right in saying some of that move was financed by um, Red Thirty Two, or is that is that incorrect? <sighs> Uh, that is correct. I wouldn't be able to tell you the details, but um, and I may be wrong, so don't officially quote me on this. But I believe they were paying half his yeah. wages. Um, whether that's still the case now, I'm not too sure. I would assume it is, because otherwise his wages at championship level would just be astronomical. I think I've heard 80 grand a week banded around. And uh, for a club that's in administration, paying uh, all of that, uh, let alone half of it. I mean, half of it's still a lot of money at championship level, but all of it would just be uh, incredulous. But that was clearly a publicity move funded by 32 Red, along with the um, 
Mel Morris, the owner of Derby County, who has constantly been trying to find ways to bend the rules, and there's no debating that point. From the point of view of the football clubs and the revenue they can generate from these adverts, do you think the ends justify the means in terms of if it can help make the budget for a new training facility or a new transfer? Do, do you think it sort of justifies it? No, I, I wouldn't say so. I, as I was kind of referring to a second ago, I, I think if they went for an alternative sponsor like an alcohol company, for example, I don't think they'd get as much money. However, um, I don't think it's going to be such a difference that they're going to have to you know, start sacking people. I, I think you, when you're talking about revenue for football clubs, especially in the Football League, mm. then that is more of a question mark about how much money the Premier League gets and how it's being you know filtered down to the rest of the football pyramid really so um yeah i, I don't think it, it does justify it at all really brilliant thanks ryan uh really appreciate your time and some uh, some very interesting points there no worries mate speak again soon